You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hello, welcome to episode 136 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for this season of the Overwatch League. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for hanging out. Um, of course, follow us on Twitter at pushpointpod, at Ramses underscore, and at Lobosco. I always I always think there's going to be something else after that, but it's, no, it's just at Lobosco on Twitter. Yeah. Lobosco, how are you today? I am uh, doing pretty good. It's a nice Sunday night. Um, a... I think a pretty good first tournament of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the finals were a little bit underwhelming, which was kind of a shame. I thought that they would be a little bit better than what they were. But nonetheless, I, I think we we had some really, really good games in the tournament. So not a t- bad way to end the weekend getting to talk about it. Definitely. Congrats to Totem as well. He's already popped up in the chat after after years of waiting. What is this at this point? Like almost four, almost five years of waiting. He finally got what he wanted. Um, so we'll finally making it all the way to the end. Um, we'll get into that tournament in a second. I think it's probably, do you want to kick off with NA or with APAC first? I, we could do it either one. I mean, uh, APAC will be quicker, so we can do that one first, I guess. Uh, it's up to you, sir. You are um, the host. I am just the humble person who says <laughs> stupid stuff after you say this is what we're going to talk about. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, why don't we do APAC first then? Okay. Um, Kicking off on Friday with Philadelphia Fusion versus Hangzhou Spark. Um, I know going into this, I was a little bit like, I was a little unsure what Philadelphia we were going to see. Uh, they opened up the kickoff clash tournament period really strong, really dominant. Took some stumbles, um, kind of a little for a little bit before kind of getting stuff back together. So I kind of thought it might be a little bit shaky going into this tournament, but across the board, pretty strong performance for the most part. Three-one uh, over the Hangzhou Spark, who were looking good for most of this tournament cycle. Um, it's really interesting because, like, I think from a lot of like this T1 roster that got picked up and moved to Fusion, um, I don't think seemed like as flashy of a pickup as like people kind of were talking about during the offseason. Like nobody, not nobody, not as many people would be like as super hyped as like for the MN3 and Zest uh, support, uh, sorry, DPS line as people were like for, say, Alpha Yi going to Hangzhou. Um, but Philly's DPS line has been looking so good over the past couple weeks. Yeah, they've been um, super solid. You go. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, though. They have been very good. Like Zest, Zest in particular has been the one to stand out for me personally. What's that? I, isn't there like that quote? I don't know if you saw from Dia a couple weeks ago. We're talking about that, like how MN3 is like the scariest Widowmaker to play right now in APAC. It's funny to hear that from Dia, right? Um, and, and obviously, he you, he has to be a scary Widowmaker because you're not having Carpe play Widowmaker. Not that, like, Car- I think we always forget that, like, Carpe has that one good highlight, but, like, he's definitely known for some of the other hitscan stuff more so than the, the Widow itself. He's not, like, a Widow specialist. Yeah. It's been... I think this is where this is where you want Carpe though. You don't want him to be that guy who has to start in every situation. Let him focus on the couple of heroes that he's best at. Um, Philly three one over Hangzhou, pretty straightforward. Um, pretty decisively for Philly. I mean, Hangzhou, except for the map they win, they don't take a single point. Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit uh, unfortunate because Alpha Yi has been a rookie of the year candidate pretty early on. Um, they've looked like they have a very solid team for the Spark, so. Their tournament as a whole was pretty disappointing. Yeah. 
pretty big bummer, man. Like you go from being so, I mean, I'll be honest, it's not necessarily uh, unexpected on the um, on the Hangzhou Spark level, you know, going crazy hot, uh, blow up when you get into the actual tournament itself. But um, yeah, not super strong from them uh, this past weekend. Looking at Seoul Dynasty versus Shanghai Dragons, um, Shanghai wins in another 3-2 game because Shanghai can apparently, for the past couple of weeks, was only able to play to win 3-2 matchups. Um, this one is, it's super back and forth, man. Shanghai takes point, the, takes the, yeah, takes control, um, and then Seoul takes another two, Shanghai takes another two. It's, it's really interesting looking at this well. Who are you, looking at this team, who are you has been, for as much as I've like, I'm guilty of being like the, oh, LOL, who are you is there to play Genji and that's it. And like, just hang out on the team. But he has been such a critical part of this, of the Shanghai Dragon squad for the past couple of weeks. And he's not just playing the the Genji. We've seen him play some Tracer. We've been seeing him play a lot of May. Like we're seeing him play a lot of the flex stuff that you're seeing other teams play as far as their players are concerned. So he, he is earning his role. And, and like I said, I, I, my guess is because play style maybe fits a little bit better in 5v5. Like that's my thought. Um, mm-hmm. we're still seeing some of Fleta and, you know, we're seeing him on picks. You would expect to see Fleta on, I think just w- with these maps where the Genji is more prevalent, I think that they're just more confident in the, who are you, um, Genji and, and his other tertiary hero heroes are just still pretty good. So I think that's why they've been going him more so than Fleta, but then like maps where it seems like where you want the Reaper or you want uh to do something else we saw him play the echo as well for fleta like those sort of things we're seeing fleta be the the choice but there's far less of those maps where where the genji isn't the better option and i don't know like it's kind of weird because like we haven't seen them really commit to the tracer the way we've seen other teams commit to the tracer from shanghai Mm -hmm. so that that, that's been like a little interesting like wrinkle for how they do it yeah i they've Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we seen a little bit, a little bit more echo out of the APAC region? Because it felt like people were a little bit, like it felt like a lot of the teams were more reluctant to play it in the NA. Not really. I think it's been about the same. Because um, like we've seen, wasn't it like Florida or New York or somebody who played a lot of echo? There was somebody in the was, West. Might, it might have been Florida. That sounds familiar with Checkmate. It might or it actually might have been New York because of Yaki, right? Mm, yeah. I think there might have been a little bit more like like. I wouldn't say that the East is more likely to play it. Um, it seems like the the East is more on the Genji than than the the West is, though. I think yeah. that's a fair assessment to have. It seems like the West has really moved past the Genji and gone to a different have really has moved into something else at this point. Well, but but the West is also playing a lot more of the Zarya though too, right? Like like there's a lot of different wrinkles and there's a lot of different things that we're seeing in both regions, like. There, there's a lot of base stuff like we're seeing like like Anna and Lucio is predominant, right? With Brigitte being that third option. Um, and then you're seeing some other stuff, too. But as far as like Shanghai is concerned, they they've been more heavy on the Genji. Um, they they've been doing some of the Zarya stuff. And when you have somebody who's as good as Zarya as Void is, but they are definitely very map dependent on when they pick the Zarya. Um, so so it's definitely a little bit different there. So honestly, like. Shanghai, I think, has played some of the Western comps that we're seeing in the West more so than some of the other teams. If, if memory, if, if my memory is working right. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, Seoul Dynasty 3-0 over Hangzhou Spark. Like we were talking about, they kind of just fall over. Hangzhou takes one point across three maps. Yeah, it, I, but I also think this was Seoul. Um, 
like waking up a little bit too. You know what I mean? Like, like I think Soul, they they really they really impressed me, and and we're starting to look like what you think they can be when you think about Fitz Profit in five v five and the impact those two can have. Um, Smurf seems to continue to be getting better, and uh, you know Vendame showing up at all on the support, and and also seeming to get better as the series as the tournament went along. I think was a big impact as well. Like creative, we already know he's going to be really good on the end. Mm-hmm. Um. Philadelphia Fusion 3-0 over Shanghai, sending him down to the losers bracket. Um, this is like pretty solid game across both like uh, across both points. Um, it's interesting as well because so something I think I talked about with you a couple weeks ago, Lobo, was feeling like there was a lot more team there. The the ratio, I guess, of playing like off ta- of playing people who have traditionally played off tank in the tank role versus playing people who have traditionally played main tank and. For some, you would think for an affiliate who have like somebody who's one of the all time greats like Fury on that roster, you would think they would they put him in a little bit more. But Bellas Rhea has been pretty solid for them across playing a lot of the monkey, um, playing a little bit of the Ryan here and there as well. Well, and they they really haven't played any of those other, um, you know, Doomfist is is new as a tank, right? So, but and and play style wise, I feel like it's similar to like Winston in some ways, right? Where you're trying to get in and get out and and that sort of thing. So it makes sense that maybe your main tank player could potentially be the better Doomfist. It just doesn't seem like there's um, in the compositions that they've been running for Philly. There, there really hasn't seemed to be a need for for what Fury is good at more than anything else, especially because they I, I want to say they're like, I, you know, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but they're like probably like 90 percent Winston. You know, so, you know, 80, 85, yeah. you know, somewhere in that range. So you're going to play the guy who's the good Winston. That's, that's just what you're going to do. So I, I think it's more um, what you're doing as a team that's been dictating that for the fusion than like Fury's not good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a difference in what's play, like who they have playing. But I know like there I did. I did hear some of the arguments like not a lot, but I, I, I did hear people during the offseason with the train. I thought like, well, you have Fury. Fury could probably learn it. And do you want a guy who's an all timer versus somebody who's been playing the position for a long time? I think you look at between. I think with them, I think you look at like with the gladiators with Reiner, like people who have this are this affinity already with main tank characters have been really it feels like it's a lot more like it's a lot more like putting on a glove, you know, like it isn't the weird kind of stretch across. The only person I think I've seen do like that we've been seeing do really well across both that wasn't traditionally one or the other is. I think I mean, Hanbin a little bit, I think with Smurf specifically. I think Smurf has been the one who's been playing the most like off tank stuff. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody who th- nobody's really coming to mind. Like like even Atlanta, they're still playing like Gator on, on the, the main tank picks that you'd expect them to, to do. Right. Although mm-hmm. it's different there where Hawk is your 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 Doomfist player. It's not your main tank player who's your Doomfist player. So that's one thing that's a little bit different for Atlanta. I think it's just about like who you have on your team. I don't think it's I don't think position is the part that matters more for it. Right. And as far as having one tank play everything, I mean, you know, some teams are being successful with it. Some teams aren't. I mean, even even for like uh, even for what you're seeing from Smurf, he's still, you know, there's still an adjustment, right? There's still he's still not going to be perfect at everything. And -hmm. I don't think, you know, the, the success of Soul is necessarily because they are doing that either. For sure. For sure. Um. Put it in there. So Philly three out Shanghai sent him down to the losers bracket. Um, 
in what's kind of like a grudge match rematch again Seoul Dynasty versus Shanghai Dragons this is another knockdown drag out going back and forth um Prophet talked about I think after a later game about how like it was so like he took it so much like it, it affected him so much that they barely lost to Shanghai again in the last time that they like it was it became so important for them to beat them again this time and they they pull it out three two versus Shanghai and a really really close game Prophet was- I think basketball just goes nuts it was back and forth too it it was it was a very fun match to watch so it was like that's what you want from from honestly that's like what you want from seoul and shanghai right now like like these are two teams that i i expect to be near the top the entire year so you want you want teams being able to compete with shanghai first off right so we got that in this tournament already you know shanghai ends up in the losers uh, finals in order to try and get back into the finals because they lose to, to Philly and everything like that, right? So so you're already seeing some things like you don't want to just see Shanghai down. Nobody does. Um unless you're a Shanghai Dragons fan, right? That mm-hmm. then you totally do. So so you have that going for you in this and and this is this is super just back and forth and it was nice to see. And and you were seeing some ad- adaptation too from Seoul in this match, like for what Shanghai was doing. Um there, there was there was a lot of changing of like how things were going, especially from like the first time. Like one thing that sticks out in particular for me was when Fleta ends up playing the, um, and this is like a pivotal moment in the game as well, right? So, so when you have Fleta playing the Echo, the answer that Soul comes up with to deal with the Echo, and this is something I was hoping that we would see from Dallas when they played later on and they saw an Echo on I think the exact same map. Um, funny enough. Uh, they do they do the tracer and they do the soldier. Uh, so the soldier can kind of deal with the echo. But more importantly, Smurf. And this is this is where I think your your argument about or not argument, but like your, your point about Smurf being able to play off tank stuff very well. Smurf plays D.Va and it works and it works well. Right. Mm-hmm. So so like they, they, they had a plan for how they wanted to deal with the composition that was coming out from Shanghai. And it works, right? And I think they they were able to make it work the entire time because there was like the the deciding point of that that map in particular, or that that point in particular, was a Smurf self destruct that I think at like a two K as well. So so like adaptation like that, or or kind of having a plan for what you're seeing from the other team, super important. And um, I'm also just happy to see a little bit of Diva. I I, I like Diva when when Diva's being played. I think Diva is a fun hero to watch be played. Got th- so we got that. Um, so Seoul moves on to the finals against the Philadelphia Fusion. And you talked about before from what was like a series, especially with APAC, of like really back and forth, really tight games with Shanghai. They go up into the finals against Philadelphia and they just kind of kick the crap out of them for the most part. I, I think anybody should be surprised that, that it was like it wasn't like super heavily one sided. Like, I think you had a pretty good. Uh, middle two maps, but like once it's three zero, like it, it's hard to get the the wind back in the sails if you're Philly, right? Like the 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 reverse sweep of winning four maps in a row is you know infinitely harder than than a a three map reverse sweep. So I think at that point it, it's really hard to come back if you're Philly when you're down three zero. And I think Seoul was just able to close it out, and I thought I thought they played so well too. They they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Um, they matched up. This felt like too like a matchup thing as well. Like they seem to match up so well against Philadelphia, right? Because like they struggle really hard with Shanghai and Shanghai, you know, exact opposite of what happened with Seoul uh, against Philly. 
So that that's the one thing that kind of sticks out to me too is I wonder if this is a matchup thing between Soul and Philly or not, or if like you know Soul just had Philly's number that bad in this game. Definitely, it's um, this is a big moment too. They talked about like this is Soul's first time. Totem already said in our chat, this is Soul's first time finally winning, like winning any sort of stage, winning any sort of accolades. Um, which is crazy to think, right? Because of some of the talent that Soul has had. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, like, oh, like, well, they have before, but they like they've only they've been to the finals, but they haven't won any sort of mm-hmm. stage, or they haven't won any um, what's it called? They haven't won any. They haven't won um, anything. They haven't won yeah. anything. That's the biggest way of putting it. They, they've gotten to the end, but they've never won, right? I, I think that's it. Just like what more needs to be said other than that? Um. So it, it was nice, and and it's you know certain guys on the team have won, but like creative hasn't won um fitz hasn't won right like like those guys have, have gotten to the end but they've never won so those are guys who, who you have to feel really good for if you're a fan of the soul dynasty um and, and a good point out from totem here five and 13 they are now against the shanghai dragons for soul so trying to change some of that luck that they've had um which is crazy to think about since like you think about like oh yeah shanghai started out oh and 40 but boy, have they really been a team that you don't want to mess with uh, the last few years in particular. So it, it, it's funny how, how uh, things can change from one year to the next or, or just a couple years later. Um, by the way, I, there is a little bit of merit to my maybe there's the matchup thing, because if you remember, Philly got 3-0 by Seoul in the uh, the the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So So there's at least a little bit of merit to what I was saying there. Um, whether it'll end up being the case continuing going forward, who knows? Because you know everything's going to get changed up once we hit the 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 next stage. Looking over into the NA bracket, um, this one I think I've never seen this many three ones in my life, but <laughs> um, this one was a really interesting kind of runoff as well. Um, San Francisco Shock starts off with a three two over the Washington Justice. Um, this was a little scary. I'll be honest; I really thought Washington was going to be able to take it home. But um, San Francisco, especially proper, I think just locks in for that last control map so hard. Proper, it's not like uh, proper carried, not even in a way at the end where like he was dragging people behind it, but he just kind of took over that last map. Yeah, he he's um he's a MVP slash rookie of the year candidate in the early portion of the season for a reason, right? And that's one of those reasons is what you see at the end there to clinch the win over the Washington Justice. That's what you have to do, and. And you think about like the way Tracer is played currently right now, like you're not really one clipping people as Tracer anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Tracer is really about like finishing off what your team can do or or not that you can't one clip people. It's just very hard now in the way um, I don't know. Tracer just just kind of feels that way right now. And, and maybe it's just I'm bad at the game, too, but uh, which we already knew. So I, I think that like being able to be so impactful on the tracer the way he has, I think it is pretty massive, but I also think there is some credit to his team because they have been playing pretty well together as a unit in some of these games. The other thing too, I think when you like, I, I did mention about like, I did mention about proper, but Finn also had like the game, like the weekend of his life across a couple different games. Finn was freaking incredible. There were some, there's so many fights where like, Oh, Finn hits a three man or four man antenade. Oh, Finn just kills three people. On the Ahana, like, dude had a crazy freaking weekend. It feels like if you don't have a really good, like, Ana player, you're not, um, 
you're not going to be making it very far in these tournaments as of right now, as far as like as long as Anna is as important as she is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you think about every single team east or west uh, who who had a lot of success, like Shanghai, Seoul, um, Philly, like everybody has a pretty darn good um, Anna player. Uh, that that's just for the east, right? West, west, you can you can have you can say the same thing. Uh, shoe, obviously, for for the Gladiators, Dallas Fielder, um, Atlanta as well, San Francisco with Finn. Like the, the your top four teams, they all had really, really, really good Anna players, right? Ultraviolet, very good Anna player. So so I think that that's like that's super important right now because um, like Anna is probably the most played, I think, support hero right now. If she's not, she's very close to being the top played support. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty much um, like she's pretty much there in every map except for occasionally we get some Moira in there, once or twice Zen on like um, it's not the Monte Carlo map. I don't remember what it's called, but like the one with the car, um, you get some Zen there. But yeah, um, San Francisco looks super good. Well, no, let me take it back. San Francisco pulled this game out, um, kind of by the scare of their teeth at the beginning. Um, Atlanta reigned three one over Florida Mayhem. For the most part, Atlanta looking really strong in these first couple of games, mm -hmm. uh, looking way more back on track, uh, putting Gator in to play some more main tank. Um, Florida is able to take out control to take control for the first map. But but yeah, looking way better across a couple across most of the maps. Yeah, uh, they they um, they rose to the occasion here early on, for sure. Um, they, they were playing the way they are. I think that they played well pretty much throughout. I think that that some teams maybe had a better answer for for some of the stuff that they were doing. Um, and and maybe they were just a little bit less practiced on some of the things that were making other teams a little bit more successful or what mm. made some teams some more successful. So I, I think maybe that's what it is, because um, it seems like the, the, the comp they want to play really is that like Doomfist style of composition. Right. And, and we saw a lot of teams kind of move away from that in a lot of ways. Like not that it wasn't played. It just was not played a lot. Yeah. At least for the teams yeah. that were successful, I should say. Yeah, it's a little interesting because like the Doomfist, I think, is so. It does. It, it feels like it, it It has become more and more map specific. I think we've just been able yeah. to see as teams have gotten better at punishing the Doomfist engages. Um, Doomfist teams like Houston, like Atlanta, have really had to pivot like how they really play that hero. Speaking of Houston, uh, they get crumpled kind of 3-0 to the Glads. Um, LA Gladiators have a really strong tournament across the whole board, which we'll continue to get into. But by and large, except for Eichenwald, he, um, LA just takes pretty much this whole this whole game pretty easily. This was the this was like the beginning of the ascension, though, for the Gladiators, right? Like, sure, sure, Eichenwald's a little bit closer, right? Ends up being a four three, but like the other two maps were pretty dominant from from the Gladiators. Like they were. And th this wasn't just this game, too, where, where we saw dominance from the Gladiators. Like, it was all tournament long that they were looking this way. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned it before, but, like, Reiner has been impressing me so much with just his level of play across Ryan, across Winston. He even plays a little bit of Doomfist in a couple of these games. Um, dude has been looking really, really solid. Yeah, he's been very good. Um, he's I think he's been better than advertised, right? I think so. Um, he's somebody, at least better than people expected. Yeah, I think I, as somebody who wasn't familiar, I kind of expected kind of like a middle of the pack, like pretty good guy. And he's been one of the better tanks. He's also on one of the better teams, though, as well. Like, yes. Oh, that, that 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 does that is part of it, definitely. 
But when we look at like the best like rookie main, t- the best rookie tanks right now, I feel like it's between him and someone who's on Florida Mayhem. I'd have to think about it, but those two definitely uh, are are two that you're t- that you have to be talking about. Um, I feel like there's somebody else that that I feel like needs to be mentioned. Um, God, and who? I think it would be uh, Belseria is a uh, a rookie as well, right? From Philly, Belseria. Yeah, he's a pretty good as well. Yeah, I think he's been really good. So I would say he's another one that that maybe would be in the conversation as well. Uh, so so he yeah he he, he is I, could, I was like I'm I, I'm positive he's a rookie. Sometimes you forget if guys are rookies or not. But yeah, he would be another one in in the conversation. But I think you you, you definitely have your front runner as Reiner at this point. Um, moving on to the next game, Washington. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped a little bit. Atlanta Rain three one over San Francisco Shock. Um, you jumped a couple. Did I? Yeah, because oh, we, we just did Dallas. I jumped Dallas. <laughs> Dallas uh, versus Toronto Defiant. Uh, super straightforward game from Dallas. Um, I think at one point, the biggest thing that happens to Toronto is that um, I think a hand warmer explodes either on somebody's hand on the Toronto Defiant or just on the, or on somebody's keyboard. It was on their keyboard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was on a Kisu's, right? Was it Hisu? It, w- it was definitely, I think it was a DPS because it was like the left side of the the stage. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's where your DPS sit, right? I don't know if te- d- teams are still doing that, right? Like where you have to sit in order. Yeah, I think so. So I, I mi- think I missed the days you could intersperse your team. So yeah, I, I think it was Hisu. I'm almost positive it was Hisu. So yeah, so yeah, pretty, I think you were right. Pretty straightforward win for Dallas. Um, this is kind of the st- I don't know if I would say the start, but like this is super smooth win for them. Um, at least probably. Aside from their next game, what's from what's mostly a smooth tournament for them. Um, now talking about Atlanta Rain. <laughs> um, oh, there was level. I don't know if you heard this. Apparently, there was some sort of like Halo was going on some sort of rant. Not rant. I'm sorry. Halo was talking about uh, putting out there that like apparently there is some drama with I think it's although and Muse and like the rest of the org about how like they put in like a quote unquote official trade request. Oh, for the Defiant? Yeah, which hasn't been corroborated by anybody officially. Uh, I think even Muse posted something saying like, hey, like I get pretty hot. Like I get really emotional or I get really invested in when I play. Like I'm not I I did not submit a trade request. I'm very passionate, which sometimes comes with heated emotions. Thanks to my coaches, teammates and the Toronto Defiant for their understanding. We are a winning team and this is where I want to be. I'm sorry for worrying my fans. So so there was like some sort of merit to what he was reporting. It wasn't a trade request, but well, like what pro- what might have happened was like what I could see happening is like he gets frustrated in a scrimmer practice, has a little bit of a blow up, and goes like, "I want off. I'm done. I don't want to be here." Doesn't formally put something in though. Yeah, yeah. He, that's has, he has an out has an outburst and decides, okay, and then comes down from it, and then, but of course, that doesn't get the clicks, my friend. That I doesn't mean, get the clicks. <laughs> I mean, but he's also we don't know what he said, what his source said too. like, like you're assuming that his source gave him the context for everything. Yeah. We, we, the sources don't always give you all the context. I'm just going to say that <laughs> um, sometimes quick, sources tell you things because they want you to put things out there. Just what quick, happens. Quick note as well. Um, uh, from Dallas, we we're familiar with Sparkle and Edison and Doha, who we really haven't seen much Doha this season. I think, right? Have I miss, have I just we've been seen like, a little bit? We've seen a little bit. He he plays. Uh, there's certain maps where they'll play Doha. Um, they'll do like Doha Sparkle. Um, 
I forget what exactly like the composition is that they run when they play Doha, but it's like very, very few. I just want to give a quick shout out to Gurio because he has been great on the widow so far. Um, he's been at Dallas looks so like it's, it's really, it warms my heart just to see them have like a long range hit scan specialist be like, who has also like been that good. Yeah. And, and some people have said he's been like up and down. I think he's been pretty consistent. I, I think he's been fine. I don't know. I, I think uh, when you're talking about Overwatch League level guys, like the intelligence of what you're doing is not always what you're thinking it is, right? Like, like it's not always about just getting the headshots, right? Uh, it, it's about putting pressure on the enemy team. And how are you doing that? Um, how are you controlling sight lines? Stuff like that. So and, and I think he's been very good at that. I think he's been very good at um, playing the sort of mind games that you have to as a Widowmaker to to be successful. So I've been a fan of what he's done so far. And, and it's not like we see him all that much anyways, you know, unless it's a Widowmaker specific map. And he's played a couple of like other picks other than the Widow, but that's only kind of like, you know, desperation situations. But like he is definitely more of like that full on long range hit scan specialist. And he's done, I think, pretty well. And it's nice to see Dallas have some range for what they want to do. It's very interesting, though, because uh, when we get to later, the you know, much later on in Dallas's run here. There are some things that I think are a little concerned. Definitely. Uh, Atlanta Reign 3-1 over San Francisco Shock. This one's kind of the more, I think, the one of the more surprising results. Um, Atlanta just comes in super hot. Um, two wins on Ilios, Kings Row. Uh, San Francisco does pull it back on Dorado. But Atlanta, by and large, just look really strong. It's like one of those things where there are bits where San Francisco definitely like doesn't pull it together, I think. Um, I know a lot has been made of Sam on the Reaper kind of not getting exactly the result that people would have expected. But I think so much of this is just Atlanta really kind of figuring like it finally clicking for Atlanta, you know? Well, and, and, and sort of overcoming like the big, bad San Francisco shock in, in, in sort of ways like they, they're no longer the scary team to Atlanta that maybe they were a year and a half ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they've really sort of solved that one thing that they've needed to continue to take care of. And they're doing it well and they're they're doing it in different ways. I do think that that Sam maybe people need to like look at his Genji though, because like his Genji is still pretty good. But I think I think that that they're still maybe figuring a couple of things out. It doesn't seem like they've really hit their ceiling yet for San Francisco. Um I'm still a little it, it, it's interesting to see some of their choices for stuff. Um, not in this game in particular, but in some of the later games of like who they're playing on what, um, especially for like support stuff. So as I, I'm really curious to see how they move forward after probably not the the performance that they wanted to have this tournament. Yeah, definitely felt like they fell short a little bit. But um, but for to Atlanta's credit, I think Venom in this game in particular played really really well. And I think Kai had a really like their DPS just kind of popped off a little bit here and made it really hard for them to do anything. Nero had like uh, a really good game too. Just wanted to throw that one out there. Forgot about, I almost forgot about Nero. LA Glads um, get a win 3-1 over the Dallas Fuel. Um, you talked about the Ascension. Again, this is just Gladiators continuing to catch steam. Oh, catch fire, excuse me, to build steam. Um, this was their closest game or match. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both all four, all four of these ones are really back and forth. Like th- this is their closest and like there's points where it's not very close. Um, but but this is definitely where where they had the most trouble. And 
you thought, okay, you know, maybe this is something we'll see again later down the road. And we do eventually see it later down the road, but it, it definitely wasn't as close that second time around. Um, but, but like you were starting to see that. And I think there's a benefit too for Los Angeles that they, that this was what the third time they played Dallas. Yes. Already to this point. So, so like they, they've already seen a lot of Dallas. So I think that helped them out a lot too. Looking at, um, Florida mayhem three, one over Washington justice. Um, Really, I feel like this does feel a lot like Florida really kind of reasserting themselves as kind of on the upper end of this middle of the pack, you know, like this team is really salt has been good as far as like beating the teams that are decently below them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hydron checkmate have been both looking really good for this uh, DPS. Um, Sir Majid has been great on the fuck support. I think carries a couple of those fights or pulls fights out that like that team necessarily wasn't going to win. Mm hmm. And then I said it before, but someone I think has been the biggest surprise for this team so far. That dude is hyper flexible, solid um, in so many situations, has playmaking ability. Uh, I'm really interested to see how he continues to develop for the rest, of, how he continues to develop for the rest of the season. Yeah, it'll definitely be something to watch. Um, this was not an easy game, though, over Washington. Like Washington still was not an easy out. Um, the, you know, the two middle maps, they, they really make it a little difficult on florida so Mm -hmm. so it's like it's still and they they won they won control as well which that was like the weird thing too i think what they i think they won every control map they played um like because they i believe they won the control map against the shock as well yeah so i mean granted they only were in the first two you know two games but still like they they have control down If if they get back to control you probably feel pretty good if you're a Washington Justice fan, that maybe they can they can continue to move forward. So I, I'm not like I, I don't think people should be completely sold that that like the Justice are going to just be a middle of the pack team just yet. And and even so for Florida, like Florida, we don't know how the meta is going to change. We don't know how things are going to change moving forward. So uh, Houston Outlaws 3-1 over Toronto Defiant, um, but pretty like pretty even though it's like a 3-1 um this has some really tight moments in it um map four specifically has like like a couple really tense moments especially at the end pelican kind of just goes into like carry mode and decides to just eliminate the entire team in a half by himself on the hanzo where he's he's shooting tracers out of the air he's like 180ing to hit on us like dude had an incredible series yeah i i I, you, you know what i really wish i could see and, and this is nothing against merit, but I really wonder what it would be like to see Dante and 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 Pelican out there at mm-hmm. the same time. I can't help but wonder. But uh, obviously, that's not in the plans right now for Houston. Yeah, Merritt's been pretty good. Yeah, um, for the most part, I like. So I'm interested to see kind of what continues to happen as we probably move away from this Soldier 76 meta going into the next stage. But we'll see. Um. Next game, Dallas Fuel 3-1 over Florida Mayhem. Um, this feels like you talked about Ascent earlier for Glads. This feels like if Dallas, after getting knocked down to Lucy's bracket, like, okay, this is the start of the run. Like, this is not like smooth win over Florida, except for Watch Point Gibraltar. Um, really just kind of full steam ahead. Hanbin is the best, is the best person for the Zarya comp. I think in NA, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Edison's looked really good. It's 
it's just it's a pretty solid win i think and this feels yeah. like the beginning of them like making a run like the run all the way back to the finals and and you really saw it. If I remember right, too, I think like the Gibraltar thing, what ends up happening is isn't it like a bit of a pop off that happens really for for Hydron? Like I think Hydron has like a really good map. And then like I don't think Dallas was able to do anything on their attack at all. Mm -hmm. I believe like Dallas just had a really sort of rough go, I think, on Gibraltar. But like then like they finish it off with Coliseo and it doesn't even matter. But but I think you're right. Like like this definitely felt like um, you were seeing their bread and butter work on any of the maps that they really you know, when it was their option and they were playing what they wanted to play. Um, good luck trying to compete with them. Right. Yeah. And then um, on Coliseo. Coliseo was weird because like it, it didn't start off very good because I think they were doing weren't they doing the Hanzo at the beginning and then it wasn't really working out. And then I think they switch off of it and then they they start punishing when they go back to the, the Reaper. So so like it, it wasn't like clean clean but but it was definitely like you know map number one it's like oh okay this is what we expect midtown same thing and then coliseo a little rocky but but that's okay you get the win la glad i'm sorry i was gonna skip again my bad uh san francisco shock 3-1 over houston outlaws houston has some moments in there um they obviously get the win for um control but by and large it really just kind of by and large, it feels like it's primarily Shock's game. Yeah, the the Shock controlled things pretty pretty well the entire time. Um, there's a bit on Coliseo where like it gets down to where like there's this fight that is so I, I I said it was definitively Shock, but there's this fight where it's so back and forth where it's it's in overtime. Houston manages to get it underneath the bridge, and they just have to hold on for like a couple more meters, and they wit- Pelican whittles it down to I think like one or two people left. For San Francisco, and they like San Francisco still holds through enough to where like Violet gets beat again and is able to bring them all back in to clear stuff out. Like very great rotations from Shock, really great. I think awareness. I think Kalush has a whole point about like Kalush had a whole like point in the part where he was interviewed after the state after the game, being like, like I being trying to figure out like okay who's gonna touch who's gonna touch and what's proper touch, kind of having like okay we have a plan. That's the thing, like San Francisco. Like I think that's one thing you can always guarantee. Um, late game situations, they always have a plan. Um, even even if they're scrambling for it, once they know it, it, it seems like they're always like like when you figure out what plan you're going to do, they they do it and they execute and they know exactly what they're going to do. Like they do seem really well prepared for those sort of moments. And it's so funny to to me that like they still are so bad on control, right? Like mm. that's still their biggest like like map that they're having the biggest problems with. Um that's what they lose to Houston. Although I think Houston, as far as like strengths of theirs, it feels like they've been pretty good on control a decent amount of the time. Of course, they did lose to, to Toronto. They, they lost the, the control map. But the thing about like when we saw them play Dallas in the beginning of the season, like they were pretty dominant on control and everything. Um, but they're 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 middle. They're, they're right there in the middle. It, it's just whether or not they're going to be able to break through past some of these teams like San Francisco and, and Dallas, Atlanta, any of these other teams to try and compete with somebody like the, the Gladiators or Atlanta or any of those other ones. Um, mm-hmm. like Houston's still on the cusp, right? This is definitely a better performance than we've seen them have in some of the other tournaments and stuff. So that's nice to see. It's just whether or not they're going to take that next step. Dallas fuel three, one. I'm sorry. I went back now. Dang. Instead of going forward, I went back by one LA glads three Oh, over Atlanta rain. Um, it felt to be honest, it felt pretty handled. Like except for, um, except for Kings row. It really feels like this is a pretty straightforward glads win. Yeah. The, Kings Row, Kings Row always seems to be at least a little bit close. Like, 
you have the mirror a little bit uh, happen. Like, I feel like they don't want Gator to be playing the Doomfist. Like, I feel like that's something they'd rather Hawk be the the Doomfist. Not to say that Gator's Doomfist is bad. It just seems maybe that's their preference. So uh, not able to maybe match Reiner there. I think Funny Astros ha- had himself a really good tournament as well. Patty Fan did, too. Um, this, you know, the second map is close, but then, you know, they, they full push on um, Dorado. And and then full hold. So so it's like, yeah, there's that middle map that's kind of makes it look a little bit better. But like they still had a lot of trouble. It seems like matching up uh, Atlanta did with what L.A. was doing. And it, it wasn't like a, a crazy big difference, but like just a couple of hero differences seem to, to make the make all all the change. And for why Gladiators are able to win. Also, Kevster, I think all tournament long as well. He's a mm-hmm. rock for them. He is so good. He was he has just been so freaking solid across so many like whatever hero they want him on too. get uh, we've seen him play great Genji great tracer he's played the soldier um God what else is he? he's played I know he's played more than that too but like those three in particular it's just like good luck beating him on any of those heroes like having your player outperform him is a little bit tough at this point right now and then moving forward. Uh, San Francisco Shock falls 3-0 to the Dallas Fuel. Um, you talked about it earlier. It really felt like this was just kind of Sam Dallas had. We talked about matchups. Um, Dallas just kind of had this figured out. Yeah, they had they had San Francisco's number. Like there was not a whole lot that San Francisco could do. I don't know if did San Francisco ever play the Zarya too? Like they were very adamant about doing the Doomfist like almost the entire time. That's right. They do switch to it. I think later on on um, Midtown. And it just doesn't work out, mm. you know, like like they still are not able to compete with what they were doing on the other side. And then when you go uh, for the last map to Circuit Royale, like Circuit Royale is just so much different from everything else that that I guess that, that you know, you're not going to look at that too much. But like, I feel like Circuit Royale, like I, I don't understand if you're San Francisco, why do you go to Circuit Royale? Um, like I get Violet is very good on Baptiste, um, but I think he. This is where this is where I was talking about some of the things that that I was a little confused on. I would have thought you would have won it the other way because not that Violet like Violet's maybe one of the best Baptistes out there, but he's also maybe the best Zenyatta ever. And I feel like if you're popping off on Zen, I don't know. It feels like there's a little bit more potential there. That that's just kind of my thought. So I was a little surprised to see that it was that way and not opposite. That that it wasn't Finn on the Baptiste, and. Kaluge, I, I think, did fine on the uh, on the Sigma, but like I think Hanbin's one of the best players to ever play Sigma, right? Like, like that's you think about when he first came into the league, Diva Sigma, those were two heroes that he was very, very good on. Also, Finn, by the way, wasn't it Finn who was the one who was like playing the piano really well during the the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. or, or like uh, so. on, on their attack? I just wanted to point that out because I was like, I think he actually knows how to play the piano. It seemed like, <laughs> but it didn't. Uh, didn't really matter because they didn't win the game. So Dallas three, one over Atlanta rain right after this. Um, again, it felt like it, it's interesting. It Maybe I'm wrong here. It feels like a lot of the teams have been reluctant to really run the Zarya that much. Hawk, a little Hawk, I think gets it in more than a couple of the other teams, but I think it's just one of those things where like, if you have a comp, like Dallas has that comp locked in. Like, I don't think that if you're going to go mirror and mirror in the situation, I don't know if there's a team that beats that. 
Well, I, I think it's about how do you want to counter it, too? And I think that's part of what we saw happen in the next game and why Dallas had a lot of struggles. But it was kind of weird because it, it felt like sometimes Atlanta was doing a comp that would maybe work. Um, and then they just weren't able to fully compete with it the entire time. So. But Hanbin's also probably the best Zarya right now. I think even Hawk said that. I think Hawk said that that Hanbin was the MVP of this game, too. And you think about the maps where they win. Hanbin's the one who who's out there playing. You don't have Fearless. You know, Fearless was in the first map, but that was it. And then it was Hanbin the entire way. Um, they do a match a little bit, too. They play the same composition on Circuit Royale for a little bit. Um, I don't think they play that the entire time, though. But that that you have to give a little bit of credit to Dallas for as well. And then also some like intelligent switches like Fielder going to the the um, God. Why am I blanking Moira? I don't know why I couldn't think of the name Moira for a second there. So like they, they had a couple of intelligent switches that really seemed to make a difference, um, give them a little bit more sustainability, and it seemed to be something that that worked for them. Um, it doesn't work when they try it in their next game for Dallas, but like they seem to have some good answers for what Dallas was or what Atlanta was throwing at them. And it felt like maybe this was a little bit of a matchup thing as well, right? Like as far as like how they wanted run comps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, grand well, fi- kickoff clash finals. I like Gladiators four zero. Over the Dallas Fuel, uh, we said it before. Really, just kind of a straightforward run through. Um, Kevster has a great game. Potapon looks awesome. Or Potapon looks awesome across all these maps. Um, there have been some complaints, I think, or some concern about his level of soldier play at the beginning, where like there are people pulling up stats like, oh, like the level of value he's getting isn't as much as others. Um, but across this whole tournament, and especially in this game, he wins a lot of, he has a lot of really key kills that take a lot of fights. I also felt like they didn't really try to stop him though either, right? Like there's there's the Route 66 game that comes into mind where like, it's an important push for Dallas. Like they're, they're winning the fight and then they just leave Patty Fan on the high ground and they don't do anything about him. Like, if you leave a soldier on high ground and he's a professional player, he's going to destroy you if you don't stop mm-hmm. him, right? Like, like if he has the high ground advantage and he's not even being touched. Th- there was um, th- this is this is where I think like the Dallas Fuels composition got exploited a lot too, because um, specifically the Reaper. I think the Reaper was one of the biggest problems for Dallas because uh, you think about like Route sixty six and some of these maps. Um, Kings Row, obviously there's not as big of an excuse, uh, although Kings Row does have some decent like alleys and sight lines and stuff, but this is where we saw like difference in how they wanted to play composition seemed to matter the most. Um, because I don't think they ever mirrored for the gladiators. Like, I think they played what they wanted to play the entire time and it worked to their favor the entire match. Um, like Reiner, I don't think ever played the Zarya and he didn't need to because they didn't need it. So it, it was. It seemed to me like, you know, this is Matt, what, third or fourth time, fourth time that they had played each other? Fourth? Yeah. It's great because they did play two prior, or was it only one? Maybe it was whatever. It was third or fourth time where they, they played each other. Like, at some point, you're going to have the other team solved, uh, or at least you should. Like, it seemed like Dallas wasn't really ready for what LA was throwing at them. And, like, LA knew, like, everybody knew what composition Dallas is going to be playing. And they had answers for it every single time. Funny Astro, by the way, like dominates on, uh, on well for Ilios in the beginning too, which does not help you out at all either. So like one map where maybe you have some potential to win and like, you're just getting environmental kill after environmental kill. If you're funny Astro, so it doesn't even matter. So like they were, they were kind of already behind from the beginning, but 
they played they played the rush style composition and they never matched the Zarya. They didn't have to. Um, the rush worked for them the entire time. Uh, they get the full push and then they get. Was it a full hold or near a full hold? On King's Row. Where Not, I was the was Dallas, gets, was Dallas gets a point. Yeah, they get a point. But again, like Dallas gets a point like super late. And and this is kind of one of the things that frustrated me watching this from Dallas was like, okay, you, you, things are clearly not working. Um, you're getting no value out of Edison's Reaper. And it's not because Edison is a bad Reaper. It's because they're not allowing you to have any value out of what you're doing, right? Patty Fan had some really good walls, denying them from working well together as a team. Like there, there was a lot of things going wrong, but also like Edison doesn't have the ability to get to the back line, have that back line access that you want. And you look at the other maps where where they win for the gladiators. Kevster's playing the tracer, and Sparkle's playing the tracer. But Edison again is playing the the reaper, and Patty Fan's playing the soldier. And the soldier's getting more value than the reaper, right? And and that was frustrating to see because you saw that happen multiple times, and they never really switched. So I think this was more of like Dallas did one thing great. And they had no answers where if somebody figured out a way to counter what they were doing, um, they just didn't know what to do. And that was really disappointing to see. But it was also dominance from like the gladiators still played extremely well. Like nothing should be taken away from what the gladiators did um, because they were incredibly good and, and they knew exactly how to attack what they were seeing from Dallas. And, and also Dallas just didn't play well either, like across the board. Like they did not have one of their better games. Yeah, they like it'll be interesting to see kind of where stuff goes in this next tournament cycle. Um, you feel good, though, for the glads because this is them. Fi- like, I don't know if you would say it's them because they've, they've won a stage in the past, haven't they? Maybe a couple seasons ago. Uh, didn't they win one last year? They did win one last year. Yeah, um, but I think it's a great moment. It's a great like moment just to really lock yourself in as like they are the team to beat right now. It's great for Potapon coming from coming from Valorant, somebody who there was um, kind of some doubting hubbub about him at the beginning of this season. Who's why? Look, who, why? He, I still don't understand why. Because he was not performing to some people. I'm not saying everybody's. I'm not saying everybody's, but he was not performing up to some people's expectations. Also, there's a whole copy pasta about him being really low ranked, which is funny. Um, but. I think you saw a lot of love coming out for this team, like hitting this first kind of this first stop on what hopefully will be a championship season for them. We'll see. I mean, they hope that I, I'm sure there's other people who don't. I, I'm hoping it's Dallas personally, obviously, because I still have some Dallas bias in me. But it was it was a very good first tournament for sure. Um, it, it feels like, though, that like the, the, the teams are going to be watching out for at least early on um, that, that have like a lot of talent, shock, fuel, gladiators in Atlanta, right? Like uh, sort of some of the usual. It's funny because it's the usual suspects from last year, right? Like those were the four teams at the end of this tournament. Um, I wonder if it's going to continue to be that way for the West. The East, I really liked how the East ended up shaking out where Seoul ends up being the team that kind of comes through at the end. Like you, you really have teams competing with Shanghai. I think Shanghai is still the team that you're still the most scared of if they get everything figured out um, because they still are the most talented team. But the the other talented teams that you want to see competing with them were, so I, I'm really excited for the the next tournament the the, the mid season madness qualifiers right because those should have some really good games 
Um, but I, I think that that uh, the East is a lot more interesting than than we've seen it ever be, especially mm-hmm. with the dominance that we've seen from Shanghai as of late. Definitely feels like it's less of like a thing of I think it's less of the narrative of like the East is kind of a mess and more that the East just has a lot of teams who could contend for that top billing. I, I even think like a team like the Valiant and the Charge, they they again, if we were one league, everybody competing, uh, the Valiant and the Charge would probably be above like three or four teams. I'd be comfortable like maybe for Valiant. I don't know. For oh for well, I you always forget which teams are in NA, and then that makes sense. So I was gonna say, come on now. Yeah. Um one piece of ABK news before we log off for the day. Um there was a piece that came out a couple days ago about um Microsoft publicly announcing that they're changing their approach to employee unions, um, that they aim to be in the future more cooperative with them, especially as they are in the process of of acquiring all these major studios. Um from a blog, from a Microsoft um, internal blog, we recognize that employees have a legal right to choose whether to form or join a union. We respect this right and do not believe that our employees or the company's other stakeholders benefit by resisting lawful employee efforts to participate in protected activities, included, including forming or joining a union. We are committed to creative and collaborative approaches with unions when employees wish to exercise their rights and Microsoft is presented with a specific unionization proposal. In many instances, employee unionization proposals may open an opportunity for Microsoft to work with an existing union on agreed upon processes for employees to exercise their rights through private agreement. We are committed to collaborative approaches that will make it simpler rather than more difficult for our employees to make informed decisions and to exercise their legal right to choose whether to form or join a union. I feel like this is something, though, too, for like Microsoft, like they, they've never had a bit to be a company that had to worry about unions because like Microsoft's always been like rated one of the best places to work, right? You know what I mean? Like, like generally speaking, like if you work at Microsoft, you're probably making pretty darn good money. And like, there's not like the, the problems that you maybe have at other companies. Mm-hmm. As far as what I know, I could be completely off base and wrong about this, but I'm almost positive that Microsoft has always been like one of those companies near the top for like how, um, you know, how good of a workplace they have. And, and it's weird because we're like, oh, they're just doing this for the acquisition. Microsoft doesn't really, like, even if the acquisition doesn't go through, like, it's not like this hurts Microsoft at all, mm-hmm. you know, like Microsoft will be fine. Um, yeah. And, and they're going to have to play nice with the union anyway. So why wouldn't they be forefront and saying, hey, you know, this is how we're going to treat unions. Um, don't treat them like the enemy because that just makes things worse, right? Like, especially when you're talking about new employees coming in who are not used to the, the culture and the atmosphere that you have in your company. Why would you why would you be combative off off the off the rip? Right, because you you have to deal with this union regardless. Um, so, to me, people saying uh, they're just doing this for the merger, like I feel like that's very um, naive. Yeah, I think like like you said, this is something like easy to do. It's something just this is going as more and unions continue to prop up. It seems like this is the bare minimum. I feel like night. Let me rephrase that. This is easy. Like go like this is something that like. I'm really happy to see them doing, but something that like they definitely should be doing anyway. Well, and, and like it even says in their second bullet point about being committed to like, um, you know, th- th- this also gives them the ability to make private agreements anyways. Like this is something that they would be committed to doing with their employees, regardless of union. But like because employees can get together, they're not going to fight it if it is in a union, but they're also willing to give benefits that unions would have, even if there isn't one, it seems like. Right. 
Like that's that's at least what I read for when I see here um, about collaborative approaches, um, and and making decisions and and potentially having like private agreements with groups of employees and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because that's basically making a, an agreement with a union but not having a union. You know, that's what that is. That's kind of what they're talking about there, a little bit. Like obviously they're talking about unions as well, but they're also talking about. You know, just just working with groups of their employees who have collectively made a decision together that they support. Yes, sir. Anything else before we wrap up for the day? No, it's um, you know, I, I, I'm really happy that that the tournament was at least had some pretty good matches. You know, I think the the Shanghai and the Seoul series is going to be one that's going to continue to be one to watch and be fun and interesting. Um, I really hope that the spark and the fusion can continue to make it interesting. Same thing with the rest of the East. Like, I think there's a lot more intrigue in the East for me right now than the West. Like, I think the West, like I said, feels like there's four main players and I'm waiting to see if any of those other teams are going to break through. Well, we'll keep track of it. We'll be gone next week, but the week after that, we will be back. So if you want to help us in the meantime, best thing you can do is leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Those five stars really help us out. Also, we like just letting, we like getting to know what you guys like, what we can make better about the show. It always helps us improve stuff. If you want to support the network specifically, Lobo, what's the best thing to do? Uh, join us on Discord, discord.me slash mash those buttons. It'll keep you up to date on your favorite shows from the network, a few of which you're going to hear about right after we're done patreon.com slash mash those buttons for as little as a dollar a month you get access to patreon exclusive content check out the patreon too it's changed it's not just about supporting the network it's more about supporting shows directly there's some cool stuff there so check out the patreon patreon.com slash mash those buttons to see all of that at pushpoint pod is our twitter so be sure to follow us there to keep up to date when we go live if you want to watch these shows when we do record them live which we do for pretty much all of them unless there's like extenuating circumstances where we just can't and then we won't be live but generally we're live uh push the point at gmail.com to email us uh yeah do those things yes sir if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow us at ramsey's underscore ow and at labosco and i believe that's going to be it for episode 136 of push the point thanks for hanging out we appreciate you um stay safe stay healthy um take care of each other and we'll see you in two weeks have a good one Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.